Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Time and distance are no barrier to energy, and that means no matter when you're listening, no matter how you found us, you are here for a reason. And I hope that something in the next hour lights you up and helps you move forward. Now, when you first discover the law of attraction... You might believe, I believe, that this is a, wow, this is great. This could really change my life. This is a game changer. Everything will be different now. But we risk becoming kind of frustrated and cranky and stymied very quickly when we don't understand what the law of attraction really is and how to use it. Well, law of attraction coach Kelly Cooper is here today. She's here to help us bridge that gap between theory and practice so that we can shine light on this powerful manifestation tool. Are you ready to meet her? Kelly Cooper is a coach specializing in the law of attraction. She enjoys educating others about it so they can use the information to make positive change. She believes that when we hold the misconceptions about the law of attraction, it can frustrate our efforts to better our lives and connect with our spiritual nature. And through her writing, coaching, products, and programs, Kelly tries to dispel some of those misconceptions. Since 2011, she and her husband Ryan have been traveling the world, calling all sorts of exotic locales home such as Bali, Thailand, and Fiji. Wow. Find out more about Kelly and her work at livelifemadetoorder.com. Kelly, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you for having me. I am super excited to be here and talk all things manifesting. Oh, wonderful. Maybe let's start with how you got to this place on your spiritual journey. What, What made you interested in the law of attraction and all of this in the first place? Well, like many people on any sort of, right, you kind of, most people aren't, don't kind of start these journeys and like, hey, everything's going great and just how can I make it better, right? It's usually like a struggle, a challenge, you're not, unha- you're unhappy about something, your life has maybe reached a point where it's like, I need to change, I can't go on, this, this pain is, is way greater than any pain I might experience if I, if I try to do something different. So for me, what really brought me to the LOA specifically was, you know, I was going through a very rough, rough period in my life. Um, my father had died. I was having financial problems. I just, anxiety, depression, like my life was kind of in the proverbial toilet, if you will. And I just, and before this point, I had been interested in, in like personal development. I would read books and do things, but the law of attraction, like this idea, it really wasn't something that was really in my consciousness. And my husband, boyfriend at the time, he had been like introducing me to different um, like people that, that talked about the law of attraction. Um, Bob Proctor, his ex-girlfriend's father, had given him a, a set of CDs, you know, and he talked all about like manifesting and law of attraction and your inner world creates your outer world. And I just, you know, something clicked within me. It was like something like it was new information, but it was kind of not new information. Like, I feel like all these spiritual truths, there's a part of us that even if we're not consciously living them or, or believing them or thinking about them, there's a part of us that already knows these things. So it was kind of like that feeling of like, 
yeah, I kind of know this. Like there's that, that click of like, consciously there might not be much there. You're still kind of like, I'm not sure. Or I don't know. But like that intuitive like spark of like, I feel like I'm stumbling upon something that's true. That's a truth. That's something that's real. That's, explains how the universe functions and not everything's not just like random chaos and like you're, you're totally out of control of your own experience and you have to hope that everything externally kind of falls into place in order for things to work out for you, which obviously all of that feels really crappy. So I really got into it in a space where my life wasn't so going so well. And, you know, I just, I started studying it. The information just seeped in more and more and, you know, different things started manifesting. Uh, my financial situation improved. And, you know, the the idea of, you know, being more in control of your experience, that really helped with the anxiety and depression a lot, just the general kind of sense of unease I had, because a lot of that, a lot of those feelings were coming from fear of the future, fear of not having control, feeling like, you know, I can't do anything about my situation. So this teaching really helped lift those more general kind of feelings of, you know, not feeling so great. And, you know, over time, I just kept applying it and applying it. And, you know, I started really letting myself actually think of a life that didn't seem possible at the time. When I wrote down, like, all the dream life things I wanted, there was nothing to suggest, like, logically, like, how I would get from where I was to there. Like, no way. And that's one of the things we have to keep in mind with this. Like, our mind cannot figure out these this pathway ever. It can't. And as much as we want to try to force it, it just can't calculate infinite possibility. And I started just, you know, over to, you know, my new life didn't take shape, you know, in two weeks, you know, it was a process, you know, I first got some jobs, I was making more money, I did this, I did that, things started opening up to me, me and Ryan, we started doing the traveling, I had manifested um, sources of income like that were mobile, I could do anywhere. Then a few years later, I started the blogs, I felt really passionate about this teaching. And I'm like, you know what, I don't know everything. I, you know, I can't, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not an expert on the universe or how it works, but all I know is I applied certain things in my life and I saw positive changes. Maybe if I share my perspective, I share my insights, I share my experience, there will be people that resonate with that and hopefully it could help them. And from there, just, you know, I started the blog. It started off as one little lonely post, a super ugly website. I didn't know anything about web design, but I just did it. And it just, you know, just kept going from there. Then I started the coaching. I got some products up and, you know, it just keeps expanding from there. And, it, and it's been great. Wow. What is, what is the law of attraction really? Not what do we think it is or what did someone tell us it is, but in your experience as someone who works with and lives with this, what is the law of attraction? To me, it's not, actually, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is people view it because like, right, it kind of this teaching is not a new thing. Like this idea of your, you know, people like the Buddha and G and these are like way back, not just like, you know, white Westerners with their, you know, luxury of self-improvement talking about stuff like this. It's, you know, goes back a long time. So the concept's really not new, but it really wasn't mainstream until the secret came out, which was a great thing that brought it mainstream. I feel like as a, a collective whole of consciousness, our consciousness is expanding. People are kind of waking up to the true nature of reality, their true nature, you know, how things really work. So it kind of was ready to kind of come out more mainstream. But what happened was because a lot of people really weren't familiar with it and because the secret, well, I think it's a great book. It was kind of more like on the surface I think people kind of got the impression that the law of attraction is some kind of like tool you can use to manipulate reality. 
like it becomes very synonymous with like vision boards and affirmations and visualizing and all these action-based, you know, tools and techniques, which are a very important part of the process. They're great for focusing and shifting energy. So to me, the law of attraction, it's not a tool. It's not something you can use. It's just something that is. It's one of the universal laws that explain how, you know, our reality functions, not just here on Earth, but like the universe, the whole, the whole infinite universe, right? It's, it's, it's much bigger than it's not, you know, thinking about what you want and just getting it. So to me, the law of attraction, it's not about manipulating reality. Yes, we have control with our, our energy, so that will influence what shows up. So we do have that degree of control. But to me, the law of attraction is really about recognizing your true nature your, that you are a spirit and that your spirit is, has this high, wonderful vibration that's full of love and abundance and all these warm, fuzzy feelings. That's what we're actually, at the end of the day, all we really want anyway. And it's not so much about controlling everything, but, mo- but more about kind of forging a partnership with the universe or God or infinite, whatever. Everyone has their own terms and concepts of this that they like to use, whatever, you know, insert your word here. And being a co-creator with that force. And so if the law of attraction is you are spirit, you are at a high vibration, you are drawn to relationship and in partnership with the divine, how do we put the attract? What's the attraction part in there? The attraction part is um, because the universe as much as it wants to help us out and wants to provide for all our worldly needs that, you know, us humans need here on earth and the money and all the things we do here and all the great things and wanting, not wanting us to struggle, our vibration cannot be defied. So we can only have the, what, what shows up in our external reality. It's going to be a match to our predominant thoughts, beliefs, and feelings, perspectives, and and all of that stuff, kind of what's going on in our inner world and what's predominant. So you don't have to worry about achieving some perfect vibration where you never have negative thoughts or any limiting beliefs or some kind of God consciousness. So that's where the attraction part comes in because the universe can't defy your vibration. So it can only help you in this way. You can only really co-create with this force by believing, you know, essentially believing that's kind of how it works. You kind of have to have this willingness to believe, okay, I think there's something to that, even if it's just a little bit of a willingness. It doesn't have to be a full bore, like, deep to the depths of your core belief. And then it can deliver you these experiences. So there is this idea, the idea is, like, we have to hold up our end of the bargain by managing our energy. And our energy, since that's the level of cause, whatever we're putting out there, we have to manifest experiences to mirror back that predominant energy to us. And that's where the attraction part comes in. We're putting something out there, whatever, what the energies of love, trust, abundance, whatever it is. And then we're going to mirror stuff back to us that feels just like those energies. I don't know if I've ever heard it described that way before, that our vibration cannot be defied. There's so much power in the way you say it. I don't think I've heard anybody else say that. Yeah. It is because, you know, it's this idea of because so that's where like the responsibility for our energy comes in. And it's because a lot of times, right, we have this idea of like the world being against us or all, well, God, you know, why would you let this thing happen and and all these different things. And we have this idea that like, you know, these things are being foisted upon us or like we're, you know, 
somehow we must have done something bad to deserve them or what, you know, all these weird, so I was into with the LOA. When we talk about this idea of like your energy creating your reality, a lot of people kind of take issue with that as to mean like your, your, the bad things you manifest are some sort of punishment for being negative or something like in that absolutely not true. So yeah, it is like, our, our vibration, so the universe can't be like, well, I want to give you money and the relationship and this and that, but if all you're focusing on is how poor you are or how you're so broken and unlevable, I can't bring you that great relationship. I can't bring you that money. Energetically, there's a big old blockade there. So we have to, so the universe wants to provide for us, or God, or again, insert your word here, wants to do these things for us. I think that force is nothing but this unfathomable love and, and wants to, to rearrange itself in any way and, and, you know, mobilize resources in any way that it can to help us. But our energy has to be in line with that. It can't, it can't defy it and be like, well, I know you're doing nothing but worrying, but I'll come and give you this anyway, because it's not really deciding to give a, it's just like a co-creation where I, th- I think it's something that we can't even understand it logically but the universe or God or whatever, it's not doing anything us humans do. It's not judging or deciding or analyzing your manifestations or giving you what it thinks is best for you. It's just that pure co-creation with, I can do this for you, but I need your energy on board too. So that, yeah, it, it can't defy our energy and bring us something that energetically we're not really aligned with receiving. And it speaks to that misconception about the law of attraction, that it's like a lucky charm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Where we on the most possible surface level, I, the example I always use is I want a pony. I want a pony. I want a pony. I want a pony. And you just stop every once in a while and check and the pony's still not there and you get madder yeah. and madder. It kind of what you're saying speaks to that misconception yeah. that this is maybe about us tapping into the most natural way that our energy flows, which is to the divine, our yeah. most natural being in love and in harmony. And it is a releasing of all the hard work we do because it is hard work and it's exhausting to keep ourselves out of that harmonious state. It really is. It really is. And because we're so accustomed to that in our mind, it seems harder to get back in flow with it. Yeah. But yeah, it's actually kind of easy to do that yeah the the real suffering is like all the ways we resist doing it and it's it's a process for sure you know I think with any sort of spiritual teaching especially something like the LOA this idea of you're this this you know innate ability to create and you know the universe is not just some random mass of like whatever chemicals think of the universe I don't really know <laughs> like just it's you know this kind of intelligence to it and this kind of force of love like obviously that's very contrary to most people's conception of things like this so anyone exploring this initially like it's going to probably be an intellectual understanding at first some intuitive resonance like I feel like there's something to this but the depth to which we really embrace all of this that's a process that's constantly deepening mm-hmm. like over time and no matter how quote-unquote advanced you are it's still, you know, it's still always deepening. Like there's never just one thing when like just one day you'll wake up and your whole being will be in alignment with this sort of belief system. So, yeah, I think it's just, you know, these ideas I'm talking about and, and this idea of changing and shifting, you know, it, it, people have to, if they can make peace with the fact that it's a process and right away you probably just won't be able to drop 20 years of, of certain beliefs and just being like, oh, you mean I can create my reality? I'll just drop this victimhood mentality I've been carrying around for the last 30 years. Oh, this is much easier. It's like anyone capable of doing that would already have done that because no one would choose to, to be in these like lower vibes or on, on, you know, believe these things that made them feel so badly. So, yeah, if people just make peace with that process and 
realize, like, it's not a tool to manipulate reality, but it's more about just kind of, like you said, like, kind of getting in flow with the divine and flowing our energy that way and then forging that connection. That's really the main thing to do. You know, we can do, uh, we have our limiting beliefs to that, and we have different areas where there might be stronger energies we have to contend with because of past experiences or whatever. But when you think about it, the only thing we really need to, the only problem we need to solve really when it comes to this sort of work is realizing like, you know, healing that separation from the divine. Because once we get in flow with that and we're connected with that, it's going to, we will get anything we need or could want will be provided for us. It might not look the way our mind wants it to look or it might not happen the way our mind thinks it'll happen. But once we do that, we're golden. And like, that's kind of the only thing, that's like the main thing to work on, I think, when it comes to manifesting. Not obsessing about tools and techniques and, and crafting the perfect affirmation. Yeah, all that stuff has its place. But I think what happens is because the law of attraction is kind of viewed as like this tool, we make manifesting a very action-oriented thing. And we, well, if I affirm and I visualize and I make my vision board and then we're like, I'm doing, doing, doing and nothing's happening. But what we don't realize is this action-oriented approach of if I just do enough and I do enough, eventually I'll have to squeeze out some sort of result. It doesn't work that way when creating from energy. It's not about what you're doing. It's about the being. And... It's more about trying to be a certain way, not trying to make certain things happen by your sheer will or, or whatever. I often say that the, there's a misconception about the law of attraction that says the universe is a vending machine. And if yeah. you put in the right change, you should get your, you know, your soda should come out or your candy should come out. And sometimes you have to shake the vending machine, but it should come out. And the truth is that's just not, no, <laughs> no, it's yeah. not like that. Yeah, it's, you know, obviously we do have this immense control over our reality, but I, I always like, try to tell people, like, I'm like, that control lies in managing your energy. Because if your energy is the true level of cause, if you're emitting all different sorts of warm, fuzzy, wonderful energies, your reality has no choice but to mirror them back to you. That's kind of where your control lies. It doesn't lie in, like you said, kind of with that analogy of the vending machine. It's not about manipulating reality to your mind's will and having everything happen exactly as your mind wants it on the timetable your mind thinks it needs to happen in. And I think that misconception is what really messes with people with this work because they're like, they, their mind, their mind is set on, and, and it's okay to want specific things. It's okay if you want money or a relationship or a better job or whatever else it is that you think, you know, will enhance your life. It's fine to want the specifics. But when we go about trying to, but when we have this idea of like manipulating reality, it's hard to be in flow because we're trying to control everything. And again, like I said before, we make it very action oriented. Well, if I say enough affirmations or if I make, maybe if I put better pictures on my vision board and whatever, but it's like affirmations are just words, vision boards are just pictures, you know, it's, they're tools and they're helpful, but we, we get into that space of we're trying to control something and we're trying to make something happen. And since we can't really do that, obviously you're going to feel very frustrated when, when things aren't showing up for you because you're trying so hard. And it's like we're kind of losing the, the spirit of, of manifesting and kind of what we're actually really, we're not really focusing our attention where it needs to be. We're still in action mode and control mode. And I'm just thinking as I'm hearing you say this that is it feels to me if we're going to live this way and shift and shift again and which e with each breath makes the choice that takes us back to that natural place where we're in connection and all in flow that it's not just important 
how we invite or what we invite to be with us, resonate with us, it feels to me like our response is also important. And I maybe I'm just thinking this for the first time, because when I look around and I don't get my pony, usually what I do is then I stop my feet and I go and I right yeah. say, say mm-hmm. something mean. It feels to me like the response to whatever is received might be a part of that invitation of what comes next. Do you know what I'm trying to get oh, out there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, because one of the, because our mind, you know, I always like to tell people, because I'm a human too, and I have a mind and an ego or whatnot, and our mind's always going to, like, be a certain way. We can't really control that. So our mind, for example, is always going to formulate expectations. We almost can't help that. And a, a situation comes up, and right away, our mind is probably going to formulate some idea of, like, what we think is going to happen from this opportunity or this thing or how it's going to go or what the result is going to be. We really can't help that. It's not about trying to like, you know, be at battle with our mind and getting it to shut down. It just, that's what it does. And, you know, so that's the perfect example, right? Like an expectation. And then it's not met and we feel disappointed. And that's normal too. So it's like, I think it's making peace with what our mind is going to do. But then, so we can't really change that completely. But what we can do is change our responses to what happens. So like the expectation, your mind will formulate one. It is what it is. It's fine can't really do anything about that. There might always be that little part of your mind that's like, I hope this thing happens or I hope it works out that way or I hope that thing doesn't happen. I'm like, that's normal. But then when it doesn't get met, then it's like I can control how I respond to that. Because, yeah, our responses are a great window into our energy and and what's still dominant in our energy field. Hmm. Because if I want to manifest something and it doesn't work out and I go into a complete emotional tailspin because I didn't get what I wanted, that's showing me, yeah, I'm really not lacking faith and trust because if I was, if I had that in a, a pretty decent supply, I would just shake off that manifestation, no big deal. I, I know I'll, I know it's all good. So this one thing didn't work out, who cares? So yeah, when we're doing this work of conscious creation and things, you know, when people, and it's not about analyzing every thought and emotion you have throughout the day, it's like everything you're experiencing in your external reality. But when there's specific areas of your life where you're most focused on manifesting, um, or when you find yourself having really strong reactions to things maybe not going the way you thought or you're feeling really frustrated because something that you want to happen doesn't seem to be happening, you do, you do need to look at those responses because that's showing you stuff in your energy that you probably need to look at. So, yeah, the, how we respond is a great indicator of, like, where we are energetically. It's like, well, how much am I really believing that, you know, this is possible? If I feel absolutely crushed by this one thing that didn't work out, I need to bolster that faith a little bit. Or if, you know, what beliefs are being triggered by these reactions I'm having, like what, how is this situation making me feel? What, is, what belief is it mirroring back to me? Yeah, so we always have to be looking out for those responses because they are showing us kind of what's going on in our energy and where our focus might still be predominantly. And it feels like each kind of cycle of that. So invitation and then manifestation and response. Each cycle of that takes us deep. If we, if you don't do it my way, where you have a tantrum because you didn't get the pony. If you're doing this in flow, (laughs) don't do it my way. But if you do it with the way you're in flow, it seems like each one of those cycles could take you deeper and deeper into that greater flow. And you never get to the end of that. 
No, yeah, it, it, yeah. That's the thing. This work never ends. Like, I know there's a part of us that's like, I'm going to do my work. I'm going to clear out all my limiting beliefs. I'm going to raise my vibration, and then I'll be done, and then I'll just sit back and enjoy all these awesome things I'm going to manifest because I have no resistance anymore. And it's like, oh, that's probably not going to happen. And that's okay that it doesn't happen. That doesn't need to happen to, to be happy or to enjoy life. Because, you know, one of the things, too, is if you – have this belief that, you know, you're in partnership with the universe, it's your energy that creates, and you, you know you're going to get where you want to be, you know, being open to where that, what that looks like always, of course. Anything that manifests, you see that it's just showing you something and helping you move along further. Like, it's, and then when you look at it that way, you can kind of suspend the judgment of like, well, that was a bad manifestation or something went wrong. It's like, no, it's just something in the moment that happened. Like I said before, you don't need to analyze everything that happens in your life. Like you drive yourself crazy, but intuitively, you know, when certain things happen, like to look at it further, because you know, there's some kind of clue there. I remember just an example from my own life. This was like years ago when I first started my blog and I was first starting to kind of like monetize it with stuff. And I had this wonderful inspired idea to offer like a group coaching program, like this group coaching call. And it felt really inspired and like maybe like one person signed up. And I remember like talking about the responses, feeling so disappointed. And I was like, it felt so inspired. Like why didn't I thought like it would, it felt so good to do it. Like doesn't that mean that inspired action automatically means some awesome things going to manifest? And I was kind of like stuck for it on a bit. And then I realized that, I'm like, did I do something? And I, and I realized, like, nothing went wrong. Because, again, expectation, right? Of course, I had an expectation that all these people would sign up for this wonderful opportunity, right? And it wasn't meant. And I was disappointed. And then I realized the manifestation, I was inspired to do that, to show me something that was really important for me to see. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Manifestations, they're always just showing you something. And you can learn from them if you can kind of, yeah, like you said, throw your tantrum, feel upset, but then be willing to look at it. Like, the normal reactions, that's fine. And I realized that I felt inspired to do that because on a deeper level, I had a limiting belief that people couldn't afford private coaching, that they can't afford it. It's too expensive. So if I give them, if I, you know, give this cheaper option, then maybe more people will sign up for it because it's cheaper and more people can be able to afford it. Then I can make some more money. And then I realized, oh, okay, I felt inspired to do that thing because the lack of results I got from that action made me realize my true motivation for doing it. And Kelly, was, we're, we're right at the bottom of the hour. I have to leave you oh, right sure. there, stuck in the middle of a limiting belief, but don't worry, because <laughs> we'll be right back after this short break. It's Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. We're talking with Kelly Cooper from LiveLifeMadeToOrder.com. We'll be right back with Kelly. We're going to bust some limiting beliefs after this. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. 
The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. The Empower Meditation Channel. Non-stop meditation music 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation Channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation Channel. If a disaster struck right now, what would you and your family do first? Would you stay where you are or leave? What if you and your family were separated? Would your kids know what to do? How would you get in touch with them if your cell phone isn't working? Would the subways aren't running? Don't wait until a disaster strikes to figure it out. It's your responsibility to make a plan for you and your family ahead of time. To learn how, take our readiness challenge at nyc.gov slash readynewyork or call 311 for information. In this online tool, you'll be faced with real-life challenges, forcing you to make quick decisions at every turn to teach you the importance of being prepared for a disaster. Without a plan, it's like you're putting your family in a disaster. Visit nyc.gov slash readynewyork or call 311 for information. A public service announcement brought to you by the New York City Office of Emergency Management and the Ad Council. So you see, son, good manners are important. Should I go through it again? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open, don't speak with your mouth full, keep your elbows off the table. Share your things, play nice, and generally treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier. And it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. And now back to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager on Empower Radio. EmpowerRadio.com. Welcome back to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. I'm talking with Kelly Cooper. Her website is LiveLifeMadeToOrder.com. We're talking about the law of attraction, and she's sharing how tapping into some of the misconceptions that we hold about the law of attraction can actually ease our frustration, help us make better use of this universal truth for our own manifestation, for our own well-being. So her website is livelifemadetoorder.com. And of course, I welcome your feedback, your comments, your questions about what you're hearing on the show today. Have you ever put your all into trying to manifest something? I'm going to get the pony, get the pony, get the pony. We've got affirmations about the pony, vision board about the pony, and no pony appears. What was your response to that. How do you feel about what you're hearing today? You can always reach me via email. It's karen at karenhager.com. Now, Kelly, when we went to the break, I left you smack in the middle of a limiting belief. You had launched Ah, a new program with inspired action and one person was there. Um, So like I was saying, you know, it's, you know, so anything that happens, you know, especially if you're having that strong reaction, just look and see, you know, what's being triggered there. What's, what's, how does that make you feel? And it can help you realize like what energies, what beliefs are maybe driving, you know, your reality now and what needs to be shifted. So for me, right, 
that inspired action led me to a perfect manifestation to show me something I really needed to see. I had a block around receiving money. I had a fear that people couldn't afford what I was doing or maybe wouldn't see the value in it. So then I felt inspired to offer this cheaper option. But right, as the universe always perfectly kind of orchestrates everything, I did not get the results I was expecting and it helped me see that limiting belief because I let myself feel bad about it and then I said, okay, well, why do I feel bad? And then it led me to uncover what was really going on, what really led me to take the to take that action. So Anytime, and especially with inspired action, because we have this idea, right, you take inspired action and this, this awesome thing happens. And a lot of times that's kind of how it goes, but sometimes that's not always the, the course of events. Like in my case, the inspired action didn't lead to some wonderful result. Well, my mind didn't, the wonderful result my mind would think was wonderful, like all these people signing up and me getting all that sweet cash, right? It was, but it was a great manifestation because it showed me something I needed to see. So especially with inspired action, be open to whatever manifests when you take different actions. Do your best to release expectation. Again, like I said before, you'll probably have an expectation. It's fine. But if it doesn't get met, you know, do your best to kind of, you know, keep it together with it. You know, don't like totally, you know, flip out your mind. Like, no, it's not going like I planned. We're not going to get what we want. Like it has kind of like you said, like it throws a little tantrum. And it's okay. Let yourself have the little tantrum. Let yourself vent it. Get the energy out and, and you know, don't give it too much power by trying to suppress it. So, you know, talking about limiting beliefs, right, we all have beliefs, right, about everything. We, we'll never uncover all of them. They're all in our stewing around in our subconscious somewhere. Some of them are more conscious. But when you're doing this sort of work with conscious creation, looking at them is a non-negotiable. And shifting limiting beliefs is one of the things we overcomplicate so much. It's not even funny where people just are like, I can't change my belief. I'm screwed, I guess. And I'm not going to get what I want. I give up, <laughs> right? So you have to. So one of the ways to uncover a limiting belief is if you're thinking about something you want that you don't have, there's a very good chance that it's not going to feel very good. Well, it's going to feel kind of icky. It's going to feel uncomfortable. Like you're just kind of like, mm, I don't like how I feel right now. And all of that is all your different resistance coming up. And one big chunk of that resistance is all the reasons why you think this thing's not possible for you. And it's important to identify that stuff because without identifying that and trying to like consciously shift it in some way, that energy is going to remain dominant and then that, those beliefs are going to be kind of what's running the show and you're just going to keep manifesting more of the same. So that's one great, that's where the tool like visualizing can be really helpful in this work. Kind of visualize the scenario. Again, like I said, I'll probably feel kind of icky. Go into the ick, dive into it. Like what feels kind of gross about this right now? Like I don't, well, I don't think I can, you know, I'm, um, I'm too overweight to, to, you know, get a relationship. I'm not attractive enough. Um, my family was always poor, and I, I'm poor too, and it's just that people like us, like, we're just not meant to have money. Whatever, you'll find no shortage of things. And when you find the unlimiting beliefs, you might find there's a lot of them, don't freak out about it, because that's one of the first things we kind of set ourselves on the path of, like, overcomplicating it and really, like, getting all this resistance to the resistance. So you'll probably find a lot of stuff, and it's normal that it's there. Considering the environment most of us grow up in, the collective, you know, vibrations we have as humanity as a whole, lots of fear and scarcity and, you know, victim mentality, all these different things we've all kind of co-created together. It's lots of evidence. 
it's normal that you have, you're going to have all these limiting beliefs. So make peace with that. You have them. Know it's normal. You're not screwed. Of course you have them. Like we, our minds collectively, we very much kind of developed a very fear-based thought and belief system and everything on all the stuff that's sprung from it is, is not very ideal energetically, but it just is what it is. So that's the first thing I would say is, you know, th- thinking about what you want and it not feeling good, that's going to help you uncover the, the beliefs that are there. When we look at those limiting beliefs, and I'm interested to hear you say we should go deeper into it, because I know that there's a school of thought about this, Kelly, that says when you hit that limiting belief, you should immediately behave as if that were not true. Now, I think that, at least for me, that sets up sarcasm and sneering and just, I yeah. just it all falls mm-hmm. apart at that point. But there are those who believe that you need to behave as if the opposite were true. To some degree, I do agree with that because, you know, obviously shifting the belief is a non-negotiable in the process. And if you truly believe, like if you truly can do that, like genuinely, awesome, go for it. But in my experience, I found most people can't do that because this belief at whatever point it was formed in their childhood or whenever or some experience that your mind made some sort of decision in that moment that this is how it is, this is how the world works, this is what kind of person you are, this is possible, this is not possible, whatever it is, we've manifested, right, the belief came first, it got cemented, and then we started manifesting all this evidence of the belief. So even if intellectually we understand that the belief came first and then the manifestations energetically, there's so much momentum there that for a lot of people, they could maybe do something like that. And and like I said, some people, maybe if you can do that, awesome, go for it. But a major shortcut, like don't, you know, don't dive into stuff that you don't need to dive into. But for a lot of people, what happens is they do that. And maybe there's some part of them that, you know, they, they, they know about the law of attraction now and they believe that, yeah, I know this is possible. And I know the thing I believe is not true. Intellectually, they understand that. But energetically, it's a different story. And this is where we can kind of go off the rails with manifesting because what happens when we try to do that is that's when we kind of start going into denial about how we really feel. And we're pretending we believe these things that we really don't believe. And we're like, well, I'm, I, I know these beliefs aren't true and, and I'm trying to be positive and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and nothing's changing. And it's because they're not really like the, the old beliefs, the old perspectives, the old feelings, the old energies. They really didn't go anywhere. They might have been transformed a little bit. But what's kind of happening a lot of times is we're trying to pile the positivity on top of the crap. Yes. And then the crap is still there. And the positive energy, while we may be throwing some energy there here and there kind of genuinely, it's not strong enough. I feel like there's not enough momentum behind it. And then the other energy is kind of still running the show. So for a lot of people, just trying to like act as if immediately and like refusing to give any thought to the old beliefs. Again, if that works for you, go for it. But if it's not working for you, then you kind of have to dive in. And I find for most people that just flipping the switch is not going to work for them. Because like I said earlier, if we were truly capable of truly shifting a belief that quickly, in theory, totally possible. But anyone that could do that would have probably already done it because no one would choose to believe beliefs that make them feel badly. No one would consciously choose to be miserable knowing that they could be happy in any second just by deciding to. So is part of us moving into greater 
congruence, greater resonance with ourselves is part of that then looking at these limiting beliefs, accepting them as limiting beliefs, and then from that place, trying to change them? That's, yeah, I would say that because, you know, like, it's kind of like, you know, the resistance, all the things, and this is also too kind of where the theory of manifesting in the reality can kind of, you know, diverge. And this is one thing, right? Because in theory, right, you believe your positive beliefs, you change your energy, and then all the stuff you want starts, you know, showing up for you. Awesome. Great. Um, but the theory, and the, but the reality is we do have the beliefs that are limiting. We do have fears. We do have self-sabotage. We do have all these like messed up perspectives about ourselves and how the world works. And if it's all pretty deeply ingrained, sometimes you kind of have to dive into it and really look at it, let yourself feel it, acknowledge it. You don't want to deny it in the name of being positive. It's kind of like I said before, that's what times a lot of us do. And I think that's one of the big struggles with manifesting is because intellectually we're buying into beliefs, but energetically they haven't really trickled down that deeply yet. And the other stuff, the other energy is still really there. So, yeah, I feel like it's acknowledging it, admitting it, not putting pressure on yourself to immediately get rid of it. If you can, awesome. Like, you're really good at this and, and you'll fare very well in manifesting. But also, too, a thing to keep in mind is totally eliminating a belief is not necessary to start manifesting a different reality. Because to me, any change in your energy, even the smallest shift, the universe or spirit is like, oh, cool, you made an opening for me. I can, I can work with this. I can kind of come in and help you out a little here. Because, we, like, for example, money, for example, there's a range. People have all sorts of different beliefs about money. And if there was just the idea of either being total poverty consciousness or totally wealthy to have money, then everyone would either be, like, really rich or really poor. But you have many in between of people's financial situations, right? So, for example, with money, if you're struggling with money and, like, you're, you know, really broke and all you've worked all your life is minimum wage jobs, you don't have to get into a, a, a vibration and a belief of believing you can be a millionaire to start improving your finances. You probably couldn't believe that because it's too far of a leap. So that's something, too, for people to take heart with because I know limiting beliefs, we can struggle to release them because we have so much evidence. To, our mind is like, no, but look at that thing that happened and that thing. And, of course, it's true. And then we look at other people and society at large, and we're kind of forgetting that. Their reality is because they have the limiting beliefs, too, not because it's actually true, but our mind doesn't really think that way. It's just like sees all this evidence. So if you can even just make a gradual shift, just a willingness to concede maybe what I believe is not true, even if you're not fully embracing the new belief yet, a lot of stuff can start happening. And that gradual shift is actually, for a lot of people, going to be the faster path to transformation because the gradual shifts are more genuine. And in that genuine energy shift, you'll start manifesting evidence of this new belief, and that automatically will start breaking down the old belief because now you have some proof that maybe it's not true. And so... If we're just starting, I'm loving this. If we're so if we're just starting and we feel like we're starting from zero, a pile of limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. What is there a kind of an experiment or a baby step? What is the first thing we can do to start to now engage this? I would say the first step would be um just a willingness to believe that maybe what you believe is not true. Because if you've had this experience all your life of, of you know, a string of bad relationships, you've always struggled with money or this thing or that thing has always happened and the thing you want just seems so improbable, 
because of just like what your life has been like up until this point, because all your mind knows is what's already happened. That's why, that's why our mind really screws with us in this, because when we're doing this work, we're plugging into infinite possibility. Your mind can maybe think of two or three ways something can happen. It's very far from infinite, right? It's not very helpful in this work. So if you're just starting out, the first thing, all you need is just a willingness to be like, you know what? I have these beliefs. My mind is kind of fighting for them. I, I think there's something to this idea we create our own reality. I, I think there's something to this idea that maybe the universe is not just some random, you know, physical structure. It's like there's a, an intelligence to it, an energy there that is kind of holding everything together and, and helping us in, in all these ways we can't imagine. You know, I don't fully believe that, but I also, maybe I don't fully believe it yet. Something resonates with me. But you know what? I can't fully get on board with that. The other energy, maybe it's a little too strong, but you know what? I'm willing to concede that the beliefs I've had thus far, they're really not serving me. Maybe it makes sense to at least be open to another way. And then you're not tasked with trying to change your whole belief system, you know, in a weekend. You're not tasked with trying to force yourself to believe things that, like, you maybe really don't really believe at this point, or maybe you just kind of understand intellectually, but energetically there's not really much happening there with them. And then just that willingness alone, the universe is like, oh, you want to play with new energies now. You're, looking, you're open to different possibilities. And then you'll start manifesting the evidence. And it might be a little thing. You know, it might not be some mind-blowing manifestation where you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I never, oh, this is amazing. It might be just something little, like, you know, um, you manifest like, you know, if you're having money problems, you feel inspired to buy a scratch-off and you win 20 bucks. It's not a life-changing amount of money. We're like, well, you know what, maybe there is something to this. Or somebody, you know, you're having a, a limiting belief about maybe something about yourself is, is not good enough to get something you want. And you, the next day you're having a conversation with someone and someone compliments you and says something that makes you feel really good about yourself. And you know what? Maybe this horrible thing I believe about myself isn't true. Because the willingness opens up the energy, which opens the door to the manifestations that help you see maybe there's something to this. And then when you start seeing that evidence, then it's not just believing something totally in theory or because it sounds good or because you really want to believe it because all the stuff you believe now feels terrible. You actually have some experience to back it up now. And then as you start getting that experience, even if it's small things, it's still very powerful energetically in what it's showing you. And then from there, you just, you know, you, you start putting a little more faith in things. It gets easier to start, you know, shifting certain limiting beliefs because you're seeing now actual proof that maybe these other beliefs, there's something to them because you're manifesting stuff now just because you had that willingness. That's that first step. It's just that willingness to be open to the new way. That's all. That's where you can really. That's the only place you can really start, anyway. And you can shift that openness. I believe exactly. with every breath you take. So when I say I am open to the possibility of seeing something, hearing something, feeling something today that reminds me I am abundant, when I forget that a quarter of a second from now, I can take another breath and re open myself. Exactly. That. And that's the thing too, for people to keep in mind, you know, it would be nice if we just had to make this decision once and then our energy just shifted and our whole being just shifted. But yeah, like you said, it's like, we're going to have to consciously keep making that choice over and over again. 
because our mind just does what it does. It worries and it, 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 you know, it worries about all the things that could go wrong. It misinterprets manifestations. It applies all these judgments. This is good. This is bad. So it's like always, like you said, it's always like you're not going to be in this state probably 24 hours a day and that's okay. So it's about consciously making that choice over and over again, consciously engaging that willingness over and over again. And each time you do it, to me, it's kind of like cumulative. The energy builds, it builds, it builds. And then at some point, you're not working so hard to try to be positive or try to focus positively. It actually comes more naturally to you. And even in moments when maybe you're not feeling so great, that other energy, that other perspective, it's still there in the background somewhere doing its thing. It's not like you're totally shutting down that energy every time you have a negative thought or you're afraid of something. And that this can be fun. That it's not, um, I'm going to pony, 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 right? It's not like that. It really can be fun. This can be an experiment. It can be an adventure because every time you raise that vibration and you're aligning with that energy of the divine and you're in flow, it feels wonderful, even if it's a little thing, a tiny thing. Exactly. And even for a few seconds, that, that feeling of pure connection, of faith, of trust, of feeling like you're supported even if it's just a short period of time, to me, that's infinitely more powerful than, you know, hours of negative thought. Because in that moment, when you're really connecting that way, and it's genuine, again, even if it's just for a minute or even 30 seconds, it's powerful. It's enough to open up energy. Because if people were to, you know, people, if people listening to this, if, you know, you're not new to something like the LOA, and you've been consciously working with your energy for a while, I imagine if you look back to a time before, like, you knew anything about this and you weren't giving your energy or your state of mind a second thought, I'm sure you manifested plenty of great things. And clearly it wasn't due to any effort or conscious attention to them because you weren't doing this sort of work. So this idea that we need to have this perfect vibration to manifest anything, it puts a lot of pressure on people, and it's really not necessary. I have limiting beliefs. I have fears. I, you know, I have, all, I have bad moods. I have days where, you know, my mind is kind of running the show a little more than, than Big Kelly. And it happens to everybody. It's fine. It's just that it's really about what's dominant. And another thing, too, is a lot of people to keep in mind here, because when we start doing this work and we think about all our beliefs we're not aware of, I think we automatically assume that they're all bad. They're all bad beliefs that are screwing with our life and messing everything up for us. But for a lot of you, I'm sure you have plenty of beliefs that you're not conscious of that are also good and have led you to manifest lots of great things. So for a lot of people, your vibration and your energy probably isn't as dirty as as you're worrying it is. Now, I know that on your web- website, livelifemadetoorder.com, you, there are a lot of offerings. This is something that the listeners should now go, now go, listeners, and check this out. Can yeah. you say a little bit about what people will find there and about what it is that you offer, how you work with people? Yeah, awesome. So my blog, I have a blog. Um, I have over 300 posts now. Um, I do a podcast as well. It's not any kind of like fancy show like this. It's just like me talking into a computer for like 10 minutes. I love that this um, is a fancy show. I just need to acknowledge that. Thanks. You have like the advertisements, a producer, you have the whole thing. My podcast is like I literally like press record on my computer. So I'm like, oh, this is a great way, uh, alternative to blog posts because I like talking. Mm -hmm. And I think also, too, audio content is a great way to transmit energy. So I like talking about these things because I feel like people pick up on the vibrations of it. So I have my podcast. Um, I, usually, that, I do that about once a week, usually a post a week, maybe every other week. Tons of content. Like I said, over 300 blog posts. I'm up to like 72 episodes on my podcast. Um, I do 
um, coaching. I have, um, you know, one-off sessions if people are interested in just, you know, kind of getting some of my perspective on something, you know, helping shift maybe like smaller things can be shifted in a whole call, kind of getting the idea of maybe just the next steps to take. It could be a great, even one session can be really powerful for people because even just getting validation that they're not crazy for wanting what they want can really be helpful for them. And then I have um, a, a coaching program. I have like an eight-week manifesting intensive where we work together for two months. I have a whole bunch of products on there that are classes that I've done that I've packaged together as products. I have... Um, relationships, one about business, one about relationships. I have a couple that were just more general manifesting things, you know. Um, I have, uh, what else is going on? Oh, my husband and I right now, we're currently doing a series together because my husband, he does online business stuff and he's very into manifesting in the LOA and we're doing a class together all about um, the law of attraction in your business called Get Your Mind Right, Get Your Business Right. Oh. It started already, but if you want to sign up, we're two classes in. You can still sign up for it if you go to my site and you'll get access to, like, the previous classes. You won't miss out on anything. And, yeah, so that's basically um, kind of what I have going on now. I have my products that I sell. I do teleclass series here and there. That's the one we're doing now with my husband. And, yeah, my coaching is, is kind of my main thing. I, I love working with people one-on-one. I think it's a really powerful way to move forward, whether you're talking about manifesting or, or any aspect of personal business growth, whatever. That one-on-one attention, I think, is, is super powerful for people. Well, and you and your husband have created a life where you travel all over, live all over. Um, your husband, I know, blogs from paradise, right? Yes. Is, where are you guys now? What amazing, well, glamorous place are you in? Not so glamorous right now. We're um, actually at home visiting family. So we're in uh, New Jersey. New it's Jersey, very glamorous. <laughs> yes, very glamorous. It's been raining for two days, like really crappy <laughs> weather. It's like not, you know, we're not lying on the beach anywhere. But um we're, we've been here for a while. Um, my sister had a baby recently, and I've been loving, you know, spending time with oh. my niece. She's, like, super cute, and uh, she's my little kid fix. And But, yeah, um, I don't know where we're going next, but uh, we started off our trip in Southeast Asia. We spent a lot of time in Bali and Thailand. Um, we've done house-sitting jobs a lot, which is really cool. You have to stay in these awesome places for free. And I found that the house-sitting really brings me to places that I might never have considered going before. Like a few months ago, we did a house sit in Cyprus, and I never would have thought to go to Cyprus. Uh, we spent four months in Fiji. We've been Costa Rica and Nicaragua. We're just, you know, kind of going all over the place. And, yeah, you know, like I said earlier in the show, when I decided, I remember I made a list of all the things I wanted, and it was running a personal development blog and coaching, doing all these different, you know, retreats and programs for my spirituality, earning mobile sources of income and traveling for as long as I want whenever I wanted. When I wrote this list out, I cannot explain to you, like, how far away my life was from this idea. I'm like, I'm broke. I'm anxious. I'm depressed. Like, my life is a mess. Like, I don't know how this stuff is happening. But I gave myself permission to want what I wanted. And that's so important for people. It's just, because, again, it's just these little things that don't seem significant are energetically are very significant. So if you just give yourself permission Go make that list tonight. Make it without judgment, without modification. Don't let your mind, well, how is that going to happen? Your mind can't figure it out, like ever. It's just not going to happen. I couldn't have anticipated all the different ways that would have led me to where I am now. It was all things like each step came when it came, and that, that was it. And the second thing I would say for people, too, kind of is whatever you want is not what you actually want. And your mind says, don't listen to her. We want this thing. <laughs> but... At the end of the day, no matter what we want, we want certain feelings. 
And our mind has translated that feeling into a specific desire, relationship, more money, this thing, that thing. And again, it's okay to want specific things, but if you really want to manifest that like peak capacity, if you really want to manifest the stuff that's really going to make you happy, really think about the feelings that you're after. And the great thing about feelings is you can feel a feeling at any time, no matter what's happening. You might not feel it all the time. You don't have to feel it all the time. But if you could start evoking even a little bit of energy or doing whatever you can to do now, like, for example, if you're someone that's like, I want to have a lot of money because I want to help people. Awesome. People with a lot of money that are very philanthropic, they can do amazing things with their money. It's It's a great use of money. But... You could start, there's, even if you don't have money, there are ways you could start helping people now. You can volunteer your time somewhere. And you Kelly, can make a donation, you know, and evoke the feeling now, and then you manifest more stuff that feels like that. And we are right up at the very top of the hour. And I know I have to let you go, but thank you for bringing your energy, for oh, bringing your, you. that generosity and the way in which you are now creating that feeling in me and everybody else. Thank you so much for being thank on the you. show today. I, it went by so fast. I wasn't really checking the time at all. I'm like, oh my God, it's over already. It was fun and it was fancy. Thank you so much, <laughs> Kelly, for being on the show. Thank you. That was Kelly Cooper. You can find out more about Kelly and her work at LiveLifeMadeToOrder.com, LiveLifeMadeToOrder.com. Of course, KarenHager.com is where you can find out about upcoming classes and events, what's coming up next on this show. There's a big picture of me with makeup on if you want to go and see that. You're always welcome to reach out via email, Karen at KarenHager.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.